0: according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory, Glory to, you, to you, O Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not officially Christmas season until two things happen. The first is Mariah Carey sharing with us her Christmas list once more, and here's the secret, all she wants is you. Okay, so that happened, I believe, November 1st at 12.01 a.m. So, so good, that's done. the other thing is it's Christmas card season. It's not officially Christmas until your mailbox is full of these little Christmas cards that we send out. Here is ours. Oh, so very merry with love, the Wagners. Look how great we are, right? Oh, my gosh. Because it's a weird thing. weird thing that we do, let's be honest, right? It's this weird social contract that we've decided every year we need to send these cards, and we use the same mailing list that we used at our wedding because we're too lazy to go and revise it. And so the way I look at it every year is this is like a wedding favor now 12 years after the fact, right? That's, That's how we treat it in our household. But here's the good news for you. If you haven't sent your Christmas card yet, there's still time because Christmas is still a few weeks away, and we are firmly in the season of Advent, which is why I am beginning a petition in my household that next year we don't send a Christmas card, we send an Advent card, and it's simple. The card will just say, Happy Advent, you brood of vipers, love the Wagners, (laughs) boom. I guarantee you people will keep that card, right? But you see, it's true. Today is a weird day. Every year, the second Sunday of Advent, we stand alongside John the Baptizer at the River Jordan, hearing his prophetic message, and what a prophetic person he is. He quotes for us the prophets of yesteryear, the prophet Isaiah. He dresses like the prophets of yesteryear, like Elijah and his message is truthful. Painful, perhaps, but certainly tripping with truth. Repent, because the kingdom of God has drawn near. And this alarming message, for me at least, is important to hear. I need that alarm bell going off. I need to be reminded, particularly this time of year, as to what my work really is. And while I may busy myself with decking the halls and and sending cards, our real work is to prepare the way for the Lord. And not far behind is going to be the Holy Spirit. And not far behind that, we're told, is going to be the kingdom of heaven too. See, the reality is this. This, believe it or not, is a stressful time of year for me. And it may be the case for you too. I'm doing it all to prepare the way for everybody. And it can feel like I'm wandering in the wilderness. I'm trying to make everyone's Christmas merry and bright. As a parent, I'm trying to give my kids all that they could ever ask for, do every single activity on the schedule to make sure we have no regrets come December 26. As a pastor, I'm trying to make sure that I provide space in liturgy and in music and in preaching that welcomes in, let's be honest, a lot of guests, right? A lot of, a lot of new faces who are here for nothing else, for the nostalgia of the moment. As a person, I'm keeping tabs in the back of my mind of the cost of all of this. personally spiritually, financially, all the cost that goes into the work that I am doing. And dear people, it's an exhausting wilderness. But the history of God's people reminds us that the wilderness is an important place for the people of faith. The wilderness is a place of freedom and folly. The wilderness is a place of extreme close relationship with God, but also great distance due to the sin that pushes God away from us. And it's in the wilderness that John chooses to preach his sermon to repent. And I'll say this. I think he would have failed preaching class if this is his sermon. It's it's not good, man. You can do better. But just because I don't think it's good isn't what the people think. The people are flocking to him from Jerusalem, from the city. They're coming out into the wilderness, from all of Judea. The people are coming to him to hear what he has to say, to hear his message of repentance. And so it's really important we understand that repentance is not feeling bad about what we've already done. The Lord who is to come is not Santa. The Lord who is to come doesn't keep a nice or naughty list. Instead, repentance is about preparing our hearts for what that Lord is going to do for us. And the work of this Lord that is to come is the work of grace, that washes us clean of our sins if we simply trust that that is the case. And the strange thing about God's economy of grace is that it has to look backwards before it can look forwards. And that's what we do in Advent. We spend time dwelling with the prophets of yesteryear, we look backwards to look forward to the kingdom that is to come, the Lord that is to come, the Holy Spirit that is to come. Because the Lord that we prepare for has already been planned for in God's past. Outside of this building, Christmas season is in full swing. Let's not kid ourselves, right? And and it's a season rooted in nostalgia. Looking back, right, the warm and fuzzy. But As it turns out, Advent here in this place as worshipful people of God is also about looking back as well. But the difference is when we look back, we don't get caught there. That's what nostalgia does. It keeps us there. It makes us hold on to what was in the past, pining for what was. But when we look back to the prophets, we look back to the past so we can look ahead to the future to a future where even a brood of vipers like me has a place in God's kingdom. It shakes us full circle. Now we're back to my favorite part of the text. You brood of vipers. How can you not like that? Come on. It writes itself. And the question I really wrestled with this week was, all right, we're all kind of a brood of vipers, let's be clear. We all sort of fall short of God's expectations, no offense. But why is it, That only the Pharisees and the Sadducees are the ones who get called out as such. I think it's pretty easy. It's because their past is getting in the way of God's future, right? The past for the Pharisees is a past that says that I am self sufficient before God, that I don't need God's grace, I'll just do whatever I gotta do to make God love me more than others. And that gets in the way of grace, it gets into the, the very work of the Lord who is to come. And for the Sadducees, they said, yeah, no, 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 that resurrection thing doesn't really work. It doesn't work for us. Well, you know what that's doing? That's getting in the way of the hope and the justice that resurrection represents for people who are poor and who are marginalized, who suffer in this life. It gets in the way of a future where all of those things will be washed clean in God's kingdom of heaven. Prophets people who come so close to God and God comes so close to them that they know what's most important. And this time of year what's important is that we be prepared for the Lord who is to come. That we learn to look back in order to look ahead. But in the wilderness of the season we may prepare in different ways. And so, if for you, preparing for the Lord in your heart means that you gotta go ahead and send a card, then do it. If preparing the way for the Lord in your heart means putting up 45 Christmas trees in your house, I don't care. But if preparing the way for the Lord means extending grace to yourself, where you feel inadequate, where you feel like you haven't met the expectations of of your family, of your friends, of your parishioners, then I want you to hear too that part of preparing the way of the Lord is extending grace to ourselves in the meantime. Because the kingdom that the Lord is bringing is a kingdom that isn't dependent upon what we do, but is instead a kingdom given for us. So regardless of of what we do or whether or not we're ever really prepared, the kingdom is already ours. So let's enjoy the season of Advent A season where God's light slowly grows, where the kingdom slowly creeps in, and where we can sit and dwell and celebrate in the goodness of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.